so welcome back it's we haven't recorded since before christmas so i'm a little a little out of the holiday stupor yeah 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 also um we usually turn off the hvac system for this because it's a little bit of background noise but you're gonna i'm sorry please live with it because it's currently minus 40 it's very cold it's disgusting. Our guest had to boost his car just to be here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So welcome to Queer Halftime. My name is Becca. I use she, they pronouns. Who are you? Uh, my name is Jacob. I use he, him pronouns. Yeah. What do you want people to know about you? Uh, we are siblings. We are. It's my yeah. baby brother. Yes, I am. I am the baby. You are, truly. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, yeah, like 50 pounds on me, but you are the baby. <laughs> I am the baby in spirit. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you want in, people to know? in my non-body um <laughs> I, I don't know i uh i volunteer here primarily as a dm for dnd yeah uh, my occupation is currently i work at a treatment center for people with addictions i have a bachelor's in psychology a minor in creative writing i like to box i like to play games i like to read books i love it well-rounded yeah um I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a renaissance man truly you also do have like big young younger sibling energy i guess i do <laughs> what what it what is younger sibling energy um you're kind of a shit sometimes that's fair i would, I would say yeah yeah um i it's okay i have big sibling energy it's i've been told multiple times so sometimes in a good way sometimes in a like you clearly fuck with younger siblings yeah. kind of way. in a in a i i have become used to dealing with bullshit so i'm going to just move past this yeah <laughs> um dismissive but loving yeah, yeah right exactly yeah i'm very much the no one can pick on my sibling but me but me yeah <laughs> so i asked jacob on because like you said boxes like you've done a labor job yeah. like you're jacked like you're very like traditionally masculine in some ways and then in other ways like you've got a scrunchie on your wrist yeah and like you paint your nails and can yeah, tell people actually... about your favorite leave-in conditioner and like yeah yeah thank you yeah you yeah. Have, you have a cool version of masculinity that i want to explore fair enough well let's explore that <laughs> so where do you want to start i don't know um what is i guess kind of like when you think of masculinity like what does that bring to mind for you so i guess we'll start off with a with a, a little story okay so our dad <laughs> getting into it immediately immediately well, <laughs> so i'm not going to get into to him specifically because no. okay. that's a that's a whole thing but one of the the mantras he taught me about being a man when we were younger that stuck with me for a very long time was boys cry men know when to cry okay. which at the time i thought was like very very nuanced very interesting you know men have control over their emotions but the problem is dad is that there was never any criteria on when that was yeah so for years i was in there waiting i'm okay i'm ready to cry when can i yeah and so i've personally added to that mantra whenever the hell you want to yeah it is kind of how i see things okay 
And I guess for a lot of people, when I grew up, masculinity was kind of this like contest in not only success, but I think a way a lot of like men, at least Albertan men, measure their success is how much you can or how much you have suffered. Okay. It always became this big contest of like, who's had the worst of it? Who has the worst job? Who has the worst parents? Who has the worst whatever? And still turns out okay. Oh, That was like a big thing about being a man is like- How much you've overcome. How much, just how much shit you've gone through. Right. Was like a big thing for a lot of like men growing up. Yeah. And I, I guess at one point I kind of got fed up with that. And I decided I would rather just do- whatever makes me comfortable and i remember i painted my nails and this was back when i worked as a groundskeeper right i guess i have a lot I'll, I'll get into that i have a lot of privilege being that i am a masculine man not many people question me on that kind of stuff right because like i show up with painted nails my boss went why are your nails painted and i said because i like it <laughs> and he went and he's like okay. this guy could okay, wait yeah, the fuck cool. out with a single punch yeah, I'm not gonna say yeah. So I, I do recognize that I have a lot of privilege as being like a a heavier man who boxes. Yeah. When I show up to work in a women's cardigan, no one questions it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have had people like ask me about my dress or my nails or my long hair. And it's like, I enjoy it. And yeah. no one's really commented beyond that because I do have that. I am still a man yeah. who is bigger than a good portion of the population. Yeah. And I know how to put someone in a rear naked choke. That <laughs> helps. Helps. <laughs> you, yeah. Speaking of like energies, you have the energy of like, yeah. I can fuck you up and I have fucked people up. Yeah. I'll do it again if I have to. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, when you're not, when people don't know you, I think like you've got like the resting face. Of, I, like, I do. I, you know, and maybe not a nice person, and then they get to know you, and you're like a big teddy bear. Yeah, but like, I feel like if they just saw you on the street, they'd be like, "Oh, I don't wanna." I I have had people, especially when my hair was shorter. I have had people like cross the street to avoid me, or <laughs> especially when my head was shaved. Yeah. When when I had a shaved head and a full beard, no one talked to me. <laughs> Aww. because i'm pretty sure people thought i was like a son of odin or something because i've got like the i've got like the the resting like no bs face like i'm putting on a face now i had to practice how to smile at school yeah just to just to be sure that was avoided <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it's um i think the masculinity for me is being comfortable with who you are like i have never i have never questioned my role as a man even though some people would say because of how i conduct myself they're surprised by that okay because i do like some things that are traditionally feminine or i like feminine clothes sometimes the aforementioned women's cardigans. The aforementioned, I love women's Which they cardigans. do look great. They're incredibly comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe this is a very mad response. Because they're women's cardigans, they're really tight on the arms and they make me look jacked. 
<laughs> so so there's even like a mask that says like these make my arms look huge <laughs> i love it side of it yeah yeah um and like kind of on that people don't question it kind of thing like something i've noticed you do and i've heard you talk about is you use that to de-radicalize some of the men who are a little bit younger than you yeah because you also are very like um like understand a lot of like current events and mm. politics and can talk about it quite like intelligently um and then yeah you use that with like these blue collar guys that you work with i know you sleeper agent yeah you've talked about like the 19 year olds on your crew or well, like, like so <laughs> to get into like some of the politics of masculinity i think there's a very big problem with a lot of young men kind of recognizing they are part of an oppressor class. Right. Like, I have a lot of privilege. A lot of men take that and they internalize it as a problem with themselves. Oh, okay. So, like, just for, like, an example, like, wanting to improve the environment or wanting to live a more green life. Like, you can become vegan, you can recycle all your plastics, you can get a, a better car. Right. But at the end of the day, fixing the environment is not a personal issue. It's more of like, right. we got to go after the Koch brothers, we got to go after fracking companies and yeah. stuff like that. But so many people see that issue, and they make it about themselves. Right. And I think it's the same thing with like, the patriarchy is you see that things are happening so you see that bad things are happening for other people you see that you have a lot of privilege and you take that to mean you take that as a question of does that make me a bad person right. and i think a lot of men because they don't want to be a bad person they reject that and that's how you get you know ben shapiro and andrew tate and all those guys who are trying to like save men Right. Because you are, you are, and I totally in high school, I was one of those guys. I, if I, if Andrew Tate was popular when I was in high school, I probably would have listened to him. I right. probably would have liked him because one, I was a closeted gay. Right. And two, because <laughs> when you're left with, I am a bad person because I have somehow taken the entirety of all the problems of the patriarchy and made it about me. Right. Or no, those issues aren't happening. I'm going to take that option. I'm going to go the the route of, of least resistance. I think it's a dissonance thing too. Like when I'm doing trainings and talking about privilege and we talk about like white privilege mm -hmm. and people know that being racist is bad Yes. and I'm not a bad person. Yes. Therefore I can't be racist. Right. And they kind of conflate those things and it's like, well, no, but the behavior you exhibited is racist and it is harmful. Yeah. Right. And I think it's a similar thing, right. Is we're told, you know, like, oh, you have all this privilege. And it's like, but bad things have happened to me. And like, I know sexism is bad and I'm not a sexist. Yeah. I can't yeah. be a sexist. Therefore, I have to reject this thing that I know women. Yeah. <laughs> I have my mother's a woman. Like, how can I be sexist? <laughs> I have a woman's sister. <laughs> you do. You have a woman's sister. Yeah. I can't. I have a they she sister. How could I be how could I be homophobic? There you go, right? Like that that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think that's totally what it is. There's a cognitive dissonance of I can't be sexist. I don't want to be sexist. Yeah. Therefore, 
instead of actually addressing those issues, I'm going to reject them because that's easier. Yeah, it's easier to move the goalposts when you're dealing with cognitive dissonance than it is to actually resolve the... Yeah. Yeah. And so I think you also kind of, in order to justify it to yourself, you double down. Right. And that's how you kind of get this this snowballing of like hyper masculinity to what it is now where you have to be the largest person alive with the worst life possible in order to consider yourself to be a man yeah yeah just have to be miserable yeah. all the time oh my god you have to have the physique of sam sullick with the ptsd of every soldier ever and never talk to anyone about it. never talk to anyone about your feelings. Except for, like, your partner when yeah. you're having a fight. Yeah. Like... And that, that's, yeah. I, I think because of the privilege, now that we're seeing things improve in some instances, yeah. now that we're seeing things improve, because they're improving for other groups, it's kind of seen as getting worse it's for men. It's a zero-sum they're treating it like a zero-sum game like of like zero rights aren't pie you might have seen that slogan yeah around like more for me doesn't mean less for you absolutely um yeah we don't need a scarcity mindset for <laughs> civil rights yeah there's not a limit on how many rights we're allowed yeah. to have we only have 12 yes. and if we give you know the trans community more yeah someone's gonna have to lose now we can't vote anymore that was the 12th one we got yeah we got to get yeah. rid of it yeah, only 12 groups can vote. <laughs> and like, so when you're having those conversations with like young men who do listen to Andrew Tate or like yeah. um, Jordan Peterson or any of those guys, like how do you approach those conversations? A lot of it is just asking them like where it's coming from. So like, usually there's a lot of anger towards women. Right. Sometimes it starts off at a place, at a single justifiable event that they have now extrapolated into right. all other things. And so all come to these men as another laborer, as another guy, yeah, and be like, well, hey, this isn't a political thing. You just had a really mean mom. Right. That's not all women. <laughs> it sucks that happened to you. Yeah. But do you really think toxic masculinity is going to fix that issue? Or do you think, if anything, that's just perpetuating it and now you have internalized this problem to become a part of your core personality? Like... <laughs> what kind of reactions do you get when you say that? A lot of befuddlement. I can, I can, yeah, I can see that. Because a lot of people, well, so I'll be at work and someone will talk about how the damn feminists are taking over and i'll be like what are they taking over <laughs> and they just stop because no one's asked them that before because it's become such a such a bubble right that everyone says you know women am i right and they go Fair. yeah absolutely <laughs> and then when i'm there and someone says women am i right and like what about be more specific <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah, this is a problem. We should have done this when I was still working as a groundskeeper. Oh, yeah. So I had more examples. But now I'm working in a job that's a lot nicer. Yeah. Like, a lot of people don't like their wives. 
I've noticed the boomer humor, like ball and chain kind of thing. It's so weird because it's young guys too. Well, One yeah, boomer, boomer is a vibe. Yeah. Like capital B boomer. Capital B boomer, the trait boomer. Yeah, it is a vibe more than an age. One person I was working with, he was 22 at the time. He was already married. Oh my God. He'd been married for a year. He was very white. He was very rich. His family's from the States. And it was very traditional. Like he had his whole life set out as you would expect. Go to school, get a job, get the house, have the girl, get the car, have kids. Right. Ask him why he wants kids. Because you're supposed to have kids. Right. Very much traditional lifestyle. And it was very clear that he did not like his wife. Okay. That he would get texts and just groan and just lean down and look at his phone and go, women, right? (laughs) Oh, no. And I would just ask him, like, why are you married? And he's like, well, well, because, like, you're supposed to be. Because I, as a man, should have a wife. That's like a rule or something. It's like, but you don't like her (laughs) and i'm not gonna make any assumptions but i'm willing to throw out the dice she probably doesn't like you either (laughs) i mean yeah if he's acting like that it's probably pretty exactly like that what's it like in person yeah so it's just it's just a lot of stuff like that it's interesting because i've definitely had conversations from the other side of these like you know, women that I'll be friends with talking about their boyfriends. And they'll, like, their bar is so low. And I'll be asking them, I'm like, why are you putting up with this? And they're like, well, what do you mean? Yeah. And it's like, well, what's the other option? I'm like, are you kidding? I think that's the thing, like, maybe just the queer community has it better because a lot of straight women are presented with the option of straight men. Yes. <laughs> and that's and as someone who's dated straight men oh boy and that's their bar and that that's the bar of you know traditional relationship styles these men have been fed into their head you know get a wife get a house get a car get kids yeah get a dog yeah that's what you're supposed to do that's what you have to do yeah that's what that's what your parents want you to do. That's what your friends want you to do. That's what the internet wants you to do. That's what rewards you on Instagram. Right. Is yeah. like pictures of the wife and the kids and all that stuff. Yeah. And I don't think they're doing it because they even want to at this point. Yeah. And like for the people who do, that's totally fine. But I'm willing to bet that is far from the majority. I feel like you see that a lot with like wedding planning is like you'll see you know and again this is like straight relationships but you'll see this young woman who is just so like stressed out that she is alienating her friends yeah she's planning every detail and then the groom is just kind of you know shows up when he's supposed to yeah right where's what he's supposed to wear yeah well because she takes the emotional load yeah like that's it's the make a list guys yeah. right of like oh well if you make a list i'll help you and it's like no we want you to t- you want yeah. to see that there's a problem and then do it well so i really wish i remembered who did this study and i'd be happy to look it up but it was simply a study looking at the happiness of different groups of women and different groups of men mm-hmm. and they found oh i know exactly what overall you're talking about. single women 
were happier than married women and single men were less happy than married women. yeah and a part of that is because as a man you are not supposed to feel things right you are supposed to you are supposed to be the rock that the waves crash against you are supposed to be the stoic immortal sentinel or whatever yeah and then the lady folk deal with the feelings <laughs> and yeah first it's their mom and then it's their female friends and then it's their wife yeah like that's that's how it goes and so i think a lot of men now being that this is like one of the more one of the generations with the highest amount of single people now we are left with well i gotta figure out this feelings thing myself yeah i am really enjoying the like younger like gen z women yeah who like guys were like oh what are you gonna be like a single cat lady all your life and they said yes yeah that sounds awesome i mean look i'm almost 30 been doing the single cat lady thing for a while it's looking great <laughs> like pretty sweet i'll try dating every once in a while and i'm like actually i like doing whatever the fuck i want <laughs> might be some aromanticism in there we're figuring it out but we'll like figure it out. it's also just kind of great <laughs> yeah <laughs> you talking about dating makes me feel like someone who tries like <laughs> It's like, you tell me, I hate taking a shot of pure vegetable oil. It's gross. Every couple months, I'll take a shot of <laughs> just to see if I still don't like it. And yeah, I don't. What's those societal pressures, man? And yeah, society wants you to drink the fucking oil. <laughs> Do the wheatgrass shot. Do the wheatgrass shot. It's yeah. good for your gut health. I, yeah, I was telling some of my friends I like signed up for Hinge recently, and it's like purely an anthropological exercise how many pictures of trucks have you seen so many because i have it set to both right yeah. so there will be some like thoughtful profile that this queer woman has done yeah or like a non-binary person has done and there will be some cis man with his fish and his kid that he's very clear is not his it's like a niece or something yeah and like like these are the same men <laughs> these are all the same men yeah that reminds me. I, I do wanna I do wanna make a, a point of distinction. Love it. Because we ha we have been talking about a lot of these men just disliking women. Yeah. And having all these expectations. It's not women giving these men these expectations. I wanna make that very, very clear. Yeah. That like a lot of people are talking about a lot of guys complain about like, oh, I have to have the perfect body and I have to have six figure job, seven figure job. This isn't women putting this on you. Yeah. This is... Other men. This is other men. Well, even the female gaze, like, quote unquote, there's this really interesting conversation around it, right? Because, like, the male gaze has been decided by, like, men in Hollywood, right? Yeah. And then you look at what they think the female gaze is, yeah. and it's like, nah, nah, nah. No. <laughs> like, everybody's losing it over Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Like What, what Hollywood thinks the, the female gaze yeah. is is what men yeah. see, want other men to see. The number of women I know, and maybe this is just my friend group, that are like in love with Matt Berry. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, you don't have to have all that. 
<laughs> you don't need just be fun to talk to you kind of charming that's like, it an interesting human yeah yeah i i probably one of my favorite compliments i ever got was i was described as a man written by a queer woman oh yes it's very true that, you that's are. how someone described me and i was i was over the moon to hear that yeah i mean yeah that means i have a personality you do you do i have had multiple conversations with some of our teens about them being like i don't know if i actually like men or if i just like the men in the books i read yeah <laughs> i'm like who wrote the books and they were like women yeah <laughs> Like, oh, so this person that you're meant to empathize, empathize, empathize? Yes. Yes. Empathize with mm -hmm. is likable. Yes. Yeah. Because they're written by a woman. That is a pretty big compliment, though. Yeah. That's... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm jazzed about it. You should be. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think, I think a big problem with masculinity is this self-perpetuating beat grinder yeah. of throwing young men into it. And it's just continuously like this suffering machine yeah. of we have to have the worst life. We have to keep one upping each other. And the women are over here, not even a part of the a equation. separate species. The a whole like species. men are from Mars bullshit, yeah. which was written by a pastor, by the way. Like, let's just get that out of the way. Really? Same with the love languages was written by a pastor. There's a reason that men's are always physical touch. Yes. The love languages know about was like, hey, I'm a pastor doing marriage counseling. Have you tried having sex with your husband more um, and not nagging him? You fucking, like, hag. <laughs> That's what the love languages are. <laughs> but no, I think you're totally right. Like, yeah. toxic masculinity hurts men so deeply. Well, so the, the dichotomy in patriarchy as far as I've seen it from the men's side, is women are weak. That's the women's side of things. Yeah. And the way it affects men is men are disposable. Okay. So we are allowed to take risks. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, you're encouraged. Like, we're to encouraged take to take risks. Show how brave you are. Show how brave we are. Yeah. And then, you know, that's that's where a lot of this stuff is coming from is again this this just this meat grinder yeah of we just throw a bunch of men in and see what sticks it is awful and like i i have had people push back on like the toxic masculinity thing and i want to be clear when we say toxic masculinity we're talking about a very specific brand of masculinity not masculinity as a whole no like masculinity femininity these are not inherently good or bad yeah when we say toxic we're specific specifically referencing like patriarchy and that yeah like i'm encouraged to you know risk my well-being yeah to prove that i'm stronger or braver and yeah. like i'm not going to talk to anybody about my feelings until it ends up in a really dark place and like yeah. all of these really really self-destructive yeah things like like uh stoicism Ugh. A lot of people take stoicism to mean I will never talk about my feelings yeah. until it is far, far too late and whatever happened happened. Like, yeah, absolutely. Stoicism and like the concept of, I don't know, honor. Yeah. My yeah. honor demands this. Yeah. A lot, a lot of very bad things have happened because of some guy's honor. Truly. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's all just his own little version of it in his it's, head. It's pride. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just pride. Yeah, which is a cardinal sin, let me remind you. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm religious. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but even those cardinal sins, like, they do, they do show a lot about, like, the failings of masculinity. Yeah. Now that I think about it, they show that very well. I mean, the cardinal sins are things that, taken to an extreme, are all destructive. Yes, of course. Like, there's a reason. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's so many other things that would also explain it very, very well. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that you're going to hell. It's no. that... <laughs> it's that you shouldn't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah, go back to that golden rule. Yeah. <laughs> Masculinity. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, if you... I don't know, should we try to find a good definition? I mean, I don't know. I Here's one. Not a definition, but a question. Yeah. So you said that even with like playing with masculinity, you've never questioned your like identity as a man. Yeah. You're like, this is me. Yeah. Like, how does it relate to your version of your gender? Or does it relate? I don't know if it really does. Cool. it's again it's it's never been a question for me there has never been a moment of me concerned about being not masculine enough or right. too feminine right because to me being masculine is being who you are like being your truest self without fear Obviously, only men can do this. Is what I'm clearly getting at. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think I mean those are things that are valued in masculinity, right? Yeah. Is that like courage and bravery? But it's to be unapologetically, yeah, yeah, yourself in whatever yeah. that means to you. Being brave in the sense that I will do what works best for me, in spite of the system. Yeah, and I think I think that separates the toxic masculinity from the healthy masculinity yeah. is using that bravery for positive things. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, even when other people mention the more feminine things you do, it's still somehow a compliment Yeah, because of, I think, the masculinity. Like, you were telling me about a guy who said you had girl hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> one of the one of the people at the treatment center I worked at a uh, very lovely man. I, I I'm gonna miss him so much. He he's moved on. He graduated. He was he was from a European country. He was in a gang. He learned chess in prison. Very interesting man. Very very interesting man. And one day he was like, Jacob, your hair, <laughs> it looks like girl. Don't get me wrong, looks good, but I would be not. I would not be caught fucking dead with that hair. <laughs> I would be killed. <laughs> like, I like how it's even still kind of a weird compliment. It's still a compliment. Because he's like, don't get me wrong, it looks good. And he's like, thanks, yeah. I guess. But yeah, it was just such a weird moment. But it was a very nice moment. Interesting. Because it was such a... I don't know, I guess maybe that guy was such a example of the potential downsides of masculinity, the potential, like, yeah. scary aspects yeah like because sometimes it can yeah go yeah. in that direction big like... strong stoic guy 
survive prison. Yeah. Coming to another country, getting his life together. Like that's that's a that's like a very classic like masculine story. Right. And then for him to like my girly hair. <laughs> it was nice to hear yeah yeah like do you think your queerness plays in to that do you think your masculinity is informed by it or vice versa Hmm. i would say so here here's the thing i hid my queerness out of necessity for a very long time right because you know we grew up in a catholic school i grew up in a country school yeah where you could get tied up to the bike racks and beat for being the wrong thing yeah and the even the thought that you might be gay was not to be too dramatic but it was tantamount to a death sentence. Oh no, this, yeah, there's a lot of violence like, in that school. Like, just for an example, back when I was a, a more toxic individual, someone in gym class called me a ball toucher. Okay. Because we were grappling. I grabbed his leg or something. Right. From that moment, there was a rumor that I was gay. Okay. I beat the shit out of that guy. <laughs> In front of my gym teacher, he did not stop it. Right. Which not... I feel like that goes back to that honor thing too. Yeah. Is the gym teacher was like, oh, that yeah. kid questioned that kid's honor. Of yep. course he's gonna beat him up. Yep. The whole it was it was like it was like straight up out of a movie. Like people circled around as I beat the shit out of this kid who's probably 50 pounds less than me. Wow. Yeah. I'm not happy about that. But that's what I did. Yeah. Because that's what you had to do to survive. And so I think a lot of times my queerness is in spite of that aspect of masculinity is sort of fighting against the unhealthy side of it right that side of hiding yourself out of protection because because a lot of times it's masculinity is not so much being who you are it's hiding who you are that's where it gets unhealthy that's shielded it's that stoicism it's that i can't talk about my feelings i can't be who i want to be or who i am because then that becomes a threat to myself or i become a danger or whatever yeah it's that protecting yourself or protecting others through self-sacrifice and so at a time i didn't question my masculinity because i was still enacting a type of masculinity right and it was that self-sacrifice of i will not be who i am right to protect things like so there was always that feeling of being a man just now i like the man i am oh we love it <laughs> i man i didn't realize i think you have known you knew you were queer, I think, at a younger age than I knew I was. Oh, yeah. Which I did not realize. I think, if anything, the forcing myself to hide it exacerbated because I was constantly presented that question. Right. Because I was, I was again, in a school where, like, if you were gay, that was a very, very bad thing. Yeah. And so 
I actively made myself as straight as possible. But the problem was I wasn't straight. Right. <laughs> so me trying to be straight was really funny. <laughs> I had, I had, I literally wore only white shirts and blue jeans for like nine you did. years. You had a uniform. Yeah. Because yeah. that was, no one can question me because yeah. there's nothing to question. Yeah. It's just white shirt, blue jeans. There's, there's nothing to question. There's a little bit of pink. There's, there's no, yeah. No. I would wear black socks and like red sneakers. I was literally out of like a comic book of like guy in background. Yeah. I was background guy. Oh my God. Yeah. Which, and I mean, the fact that I think we both figured it out independently of each other is really interesting. Because yeah. a lot of times when like multiple siblings, or in our case, a hundred percent, yes fucking bad a thousand here <laughs> um there's always like oh did one influence the other or like that kind of thing which that's really interesting that we yeah. both kind of separately we separately came to that conclusion yeah fuck yeah <laughs> i don't know is there anything else you want to touch on or do you want to we, we did touch on like some of the positive aspects would you like to hammer that home? Sure. Yeah. Because I think I think there are, you know, I think being a man's a really good thing. You know? yeah. I like being a man. I like I like that I like the word bravery and I like how we use it. Yeah. Of being who you want to be despite the system, despite what others may think. I I find that really respectable. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Do you have a favorite thing about manness? Getting to eat so much garbage. <laughs> and there are no questions about it. But I have never been questioned about my diet. I hate you. Once. <laughs> that That is the ultimate privilege that I have. This morning, I had a box of KD and two chicken cordon bleu for breakfast. <laughs> incredible and no one at any point said <laughs> to be fair i don't think your roommate is gonna be the one yeah 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 um <laughs> i also yeah how easy it is generally for like amab people to lose weight my my thing is not even oh no that's a separate like yeah. i remember working at the gym and like there would be like female clients who were like struggling so much and then like um like a male client would be there and he's would have lost like 10 pounds in the last month and yeah. he's like oh i stopped eating chips after work yeah I'm like you dick i the day the month i stopped drinking i lost 20 pounds Jesus it was awesome and then yeah i i work out a little bit i have a heavy bag at home I do push-ups. <laughs> you do a fuckload of push-ups. I do a lot of push-ups. But like, yeah, that's that's all I do. You got them strong pecs. I got I got the pecs. The boobies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um yeah, and I do really enjoy the like weaponizing it to de-radicalize and like have those sleeper agent conversations. Yeah, I think that's the thing. If you are <laughs> If you are if you are a straight white man who is in any way politically informed, use that privilege yeah. because 
when my when my women coworkers point out the issues at work and are dismissed and I point them out, people actually listen. Right. Like do that stuff. Yeah. I I have talked about the homophobia at my work. I've talked about the racism at my work. Right. And unfortunately people listen to me more than a person of color or a woman. Yeah. But if you are a man, use that shit. That's yeah. I mean, generally, like if someone has an issue with a group, they're not gonna listen to members of that group. They're gonna listen to members of their own in group. Yeah. And that's just yeah, like a cognitive bias that all humans have, really. Yeah. But noise. Yeah. Noise. Very noise. Do you have a queer joy? A queer joy? Yes. I don't know if I've told you about this. So anything in the last little bit that has brought you joy, a piece of media, an interaction, a thing you're looking forward to, anything like that? I will say one very nice thing in my personal life. So I did just start this new job at the treatment center. And my favorite part of that job, the first day I walked in, on the wall, there was a progress flag and a BLM flag in the front lobby. And I was like, this is already a million times better than the job I just left. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like, we we haven't recorded since Christmas. I had had a nice Christmas. Yeah, I painted my room in my office, which made me realize I need to work out more. Yeah. (laughs) Because all the squats and the bending and, like, my hamstrings were so sore. Um, Yeah, and we get to play D&D right after this, which I am so excited. Um, Yeah, so that's my career joy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very joyful. Yay! Joyful queer siblings. Um, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Jacob. Um, uh, and thanks for joining us, all of you lovely people. I hope you are staying warm wherever you are. We're Do your doing best. our best. <laughs> Stay bundled. Get some hot cocoa. That's um, what's in my mug. I I smell it. It's really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just be kind to yourself and others, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. <laughs>